from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. The NFL's offseason process is getting thrown all out of whack, and the Kansas City Chiefs are no exception. As the Chiefs have gotten word, as has the rest of the league, of the spread of the coronavirus, things are starting to take shape that are pretty new, uh, pretty extraordinary for the offseason process and what the NFL goes through. And there's a lot going on there. We're not going to dwell on the negatives, but what it might mean down the line. And what the Chiefs have done have sent most of their employees home. They're going to work from home. They're going to do all of their content creation. Uh, you know, BJ and the, the podcasters and all the video creation, they'll be doing that remotely. The executives, the folks that are in meeting rooms going through film, my guess is that they're going to work off of their uh, iPads, et cetera, that they have access to film archives with because the scouts have been recalled from the road. They don't want anybody on airplanes. That's a smart move given the severity of the outbreak of this illness. Uh, condensed air circulated places like an airplane uh, are very easily something that can spread disease. So you want to make sure that you keep your staff safe and you control the spread of, of this particular kind of flu virus. So. We also got word that those scouts that are still out on the road are traveling by car to, again, keep that uh, air travel off the picture, but they are going to severely impact how many prospects are going to get either their final checks or for some, especially smaller school guys, uh, guys that didn't grade out well and haven't been investigated that much, haven't had that much film work done on them. This was kind of their last opportunity to pop up on a team's radar, and they're going to lose that particular opportunity in this process as well. These are guys that might remind you of a Tyreek Hill. It was from a small school and had a lot of film, but you needed to see him in person. You needed to see just how he moves, how well he performs in a testing situation like a pro day. The process is quite a bit over in terms of the background work, the background film work at this stage of the offseason. But when it comes to stacking, when it comes to adding guys that maybe hadn't been on your radar, when it comes to how you order priorities for where you feel a prospect fits your draft board, this actually becomes very problematic. And the Chiefs are not alone. It's happening across the league that travel to pro days, pro days are being canceled. Penn State was one. Alabama has, uh, at least at this point, postponed. Uh, Maybe not outright canceled their pro day, but that will be significant. There are a number of players that either had incomplete combines or didn't run at the combine that really need to show that. Trayvon Diggs is a player that I've spoken about quite a bit in the the mock drafting that I've done over at RGR Football this preseason and probably will stay in that. But he's a guy who didn't run at the combine. Where does that leave a player like that? It, It takes it all the way back to the area scouts, the guys that did the work on the ground during the season and we're able to see players with their own eyes at the time because this pro day isn't going to work out. The league has canceled meetings. They have canceled part of the organizational type maneuvering, and that will have an effect on the Kansas City Chiefs as well as every other organization somewhat. But it's not as dramatic as what's going on with the personnel staffs. And that's what we want to focus on today because that process really can change exactly how you dig and find those small school guys, those last-minute ads. Uh, Guys like Jody Fortson, who looks like he's going to have uh, a second 
season that maybe we can be excited about. He seems excited from his social media posts. That's just one example. When we get back, we're going to go through a number of scenarios and some options as to what might lead to the fallout from all of this activity in the NFL being canceled. We also need to tell you that we have a great offer on At Last, the commemorative book that was written about the Chiefs and their Super Bowl victory. It was written by Matt Derrick, who you heard the other day. You can get 25% off of this book, all about the 2019 season, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, by going to triumphbooks.com slash Chiefs win. And you use the code LOCKEDCHIEFS25, and you get a quarter 25% off of the purchase price of At Last, the best book chronicling the Super Bowl victory by the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. Hit triumphbooks.com and use the code LOCKEDCHIEFS25. Now, from a business standpoint, the NFL is actually pretty lucky about how this particular dilemma has come across and affected the American public because, yes, they have had to uh, cancel their owners' meetings. That's important. They're canceling this scouting process that is going on and is uh, right, a passage this time of year. And yes, that is significant. But they're not in the same position as some of these other sports. NHL has postponed their season. Major League Soccer has postponed their season. Uh, baseball has postponed at least two weeks. Uh, the Boston Marathon has been postponed. The NCAA came out and said they're canceling all the postseason tournaments and championships. Now, that is not just a scheduling issue. That is a serious revenue issue. It is one of those issues that can come back to really bite an organization like the NCAA. Uh, And the, the Chiefs and the NFL at large have really dodged this bullet from a business standpoint and being able to really, even if they had to cancel the NFL draft, it can all be done remotely. They can make a spectacle out of the TV thing uh, in making selections. None of this has to be done in person. Um, I will wager that Roger Goodell will not be hugging first-round selections this year either way. So the fact that little tweaks like that can be done to the NFL's process right now uh, from a business standpoint is a huge advantage over what a lot of these other sports organizations are, are having to deal with. And while business may suffer for all of them, it didn't suffer for one chief in particular because on the positive side, a little bit of news that we got on Thursday is that Traverius Ward topped out the extended pay scale for the NFL, making over $650,000 in veteran pay and performance-based pay, which is something that is one of the lesser-known aspects of the NFL, that the players can earn these paychecks based on how much they play according to where they are in the hierarchy and their current contract, etc. In fact, Chavarius Ward earned so much in this secondary pay that it actually outpaced his base salary of 570 k uh, Quite a windfall for Chavarius Ward, a guy that uh, has played... I think an increasingly better game. He still has a ways to go. I think he still has uh, development in front of him, but the volume of play that he was able to perform and stay fairly consistent most of the season, uh, I think that's a really big boon. And, you know, congratulations from him. He earned all this play based pay. And I think that's good to see the, the league reward him for it. He's not going to be alone, and we've talked quite a bit about what's going to go on with the cornerback room in particular. There has to be some movement there. 
And I did a mock this week. If you missed that, it's over on RGR. You can check that out. I'll try to put a link to RGR in the show notes. That's my YouTube channel and where I walk you through mocks every other week or so. I'm not doing them every week because I think that gets a little monotonous. But uh, this week and and the way some of these changes have happened uh, pre-free agency and free agency really is going to be a game changer for literally every team in the conference, uh, if not the entire league. I know there's a couple that will probably take it very easy. On free agency, but it does affect rosters and how they're built and who they have to go try and supplement through the draft with. And the Chiefs' cap space right now is at such a position that they might be able to take on a free agent contract. Maybe one, but it's got to be fairly discounted, especially if we're talking about somebody like Byron Jones or Chris Harris or somebody that's at the top of the free agent class. But there is quite a bit of depth. So if that doesn't get done in terms of a a marquee name that the Chiefs could bring in to put in the room with Rashad Fenton and Chavarius Ward, that may not be the case. They may end up with some new teammates that are in similar positions to them in terms of their youth and their spot in their development path. Uh, And that's okay, too, because the Chiefs need depth there. And I think... A couple of things that we've noticed as I've gone through uh, taking a look at this draft class is if the Chiefs add a couple of low-end free agents, guys with upside, guys with what were uh, interesting grades pre-draft whenever they came out, I think that's something that Brett Veach and the front office staff in Kansas City goes back to quite a bit, is what were their pre-draft evaluations And even though they may be two, three years down the line, having played with another team, they still have that to go fall back on. And maybe that that goes towards coaching, that goes towards, you know, if there were injury issues that that may have slowed development or caused somebody to not actually uh, get where the Chiefs thought they could get to, you know, maybe they still have interest. That's what we saw with Cam Irving. We've seen a number of players come into Kansas City with very similar concepts there that the Chiefs thought more of them initially, and they didn't quite achieve their potential in their eyes, so bring them in, continue to work with them. That leads me back to a couple of things that you can look for. Production is one. The Chiefs want to get guys that get their hands on the ball in the secondary. Uh, they did a decent job in terms of turnovers, or at least PBUs, in 2019, but I know that if they take a step back in pass rush, that would almost certainly happen if they were not able to get Alex Okafor back at full strength. But it will definitely happen if they don't have Chris Jones and that they have reached a point where they have to move him. At that point, that puts more stress on the secondary. So you have to have guys that can get more production in terms of pass breakups and not just interceptions, but stopping the ball, incompletions and pass breakups. Whether that's positional or, or an actual deflection doesn't really matter at that point. The, the goal of any cornerback is to stop the guy that he's covering from receiving the ball and making yardage. So that is, I think, what they'll look for as an overarching look at the corners in free agency. I did a quick rundown of them last week on RGR as well. You can check that out over on the channel. And that brings me back to this slew of cornerbacks in the draft. So when we get back, we're going to start taking a look at where those guys are. I haven't started stacking yet, but want to drop a few notes 
on a number of cornerback options that are going to be in this draft and see where they might actually slot out. Now, as I'm recording this, we also just got word that the XFL is now suspending operations. And so that changes everything. I think it was going to be the day after the draft, according to uh, the NFL operations calendar, that they were going to be able to make offers and sign XFL players into uh, NFL rosters. Uh, I'll wait to see how that comes down at this point. But with the XFL off the board in terms of no longer competing, that season has come to an end as well. It's been a rough year for startup developmental leagues. Uh, Very interesting 18 months on on the run with the AAF and the XFL. But that changes. You have some known quantities there. I think this this may actually get more of those guys onto rosters uh, come post-draft because what we're faced with is this change in the process of the pre-draft. The process of getting numbers finalized, of athletic testing that hasn't gone on. And you guys know that I base a lot of information into and on the athletic testing and how it plays out to give you an idea of what kind of athlete a guy is, even if he hasn't been asked to do X, Y, or Z. Putting those composites together is very important. And I think in lieu of the additional eyes on at Pro Days, the additional testing results, the additional in particular, uh, the players that were slated to come to Kansas City and work out and have a visit, those have been canceled as well. I think that changes dramatically what the top 30 are for the Chiefs. And I think that puts more emphasis on what you can gain by ulterior methods like the athletic matrix, like any kind of secondary analysis that isn't just film. Uh, More on the medicals, obviously, because they have to be a baseline. More on the interviews. You have to take the data that you have and you have to make it work for you as best that you can. I think that puts more emphasis on some of these things. And the athletic matrix is affected because there are a lot of CBs in here in particular that I think this affects. When you look at what has happened so far, there are questions across the board, uh, not necessarily at the very top. You know, Jeff Akuda, CJ Henderson, are by every person that I've talked to, whether they're uh, you know, loosely associated with a team or with their uh, draft Twitter analyst at some website, they all universally agree that Jeff Kuda is the best corner in this class. Here's the one thing. He has had games where he struggled. And one thing you'd like to check off that is crucially important for a cornerback is just how quickly they can change direction. And here's the thing. If they don't reschedule a pro day to get those measurements. Jeff Akuda has not run a three cone or a short shuttle. You don't have values on him. Same is true with CJ Henderson. We don't have information on him. AJ Terrell, the same situation. Uh, Noah, uh, everyone. I'm just looking down the list. There are actually very few competitors that have gone and done that particular testing. Two of them are in a position that I think can uh, maybe help them up the draft boards a little bit in that they have known quantities. They have verifiable data. Uh, Two guys that have come in and tested decently off the bat, uh, Christian Fulton from LSU, Troy Pride from Notre Dame. Both of them have tested well. Um, Let's see, looking at this list, John Reed from Penn State, Isang Bassey, two guys that also were either average or slightly below 
better than average in those change of direction drills. That bodes well for them. Uh, there is a whole slew of guys that not only have not done the change of direction drills and gotten short shuttle and three cone measurements, there are guys that haven't done anything at all. Guys that are going to go in the top 100 picks. Trayvon Diggs, Bryce Hall from Virginia. A.J. Green has done some jumps, but that's the limit of it. Everybody seems to have, you know, prioritized running straight lines. So the 40s uh, and the 10s seem to have been accomplished. But uh, Cam Dantzler hasn't completed his testing. We don't have a full set of data on a a number of guys. Miles Bryant is one of the few that we do. Um, A late-round corner, undersized, going to be a nickel. Uh, A guy that does have good change of direction. And has proven that. And that may be a boon for him as well. Uh, Darnay Holmes hasn't done the jumps or any of the change of direction. Came in with a nice 448, and I think that works well for him. That that will help him a little bit, but there's still going to be some questions by a number of these players. Uh, you're hearing uh Amik Robertson's name lately, uh Levert Hill's name, guys that don't have any testing whatsoever. And this is the risk that they take when they choose not to participate in the combine. And put all their eggs in one basket in their pro day. When something like this happens, whether it's you know, a natural weather phenomenon or something that that disturbs their ability to perform at a pro day, it leaves the teams without particular data. So I think that that is a concern. But as we go down the list of the biggest names, Akuda, CJ Henderson, like I said, are, are, are the top two. Then it starts to drift a little bit. You have, you have an A.J. Terrell camp. You have a Christian Fulton camp. You have uh, a Noah, I never say this right, Igbenogane camp. Uh, you have a Jeff Gladney camp. And, and Jeff's an interesting one because he did do his three cone uh, that came in uh, actually pretty poor, but he didn't run the short shuttle. So you don't have that balance there to say if that was a single bad test. And he certainly doesn't seem that he's going to get a chance to replicate that and try to drop that score and make teams feel like he does have the change of direction that he has. Uh, and that they want in particular. Uh, Jalen Johnson of Utah uh, actually came in just slightly uh, below average in change of direction, but ran a 4-5 flat. I'm sure he would like to improve that, but he won't get that chance, it it appears right now anyway. Uh, He jumped well, right about average, for the last seven draft classes. That's kind of what I, I base everything on. There's a hard line when you look at rankings of either film scores or athleticism scores or production scores, you know, are you better than the average from the last few classes? And I personally like to run it at least at a five-year rolling window. I think that that's helpful to get an idea of where they are perceptually amongst guys they may have played with in college. Um, you know, getting getting into the seven and the eight and the ninth year, uh, that, that starts to drift in terms of, of roles, of... Uh, competition levels, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think that that's going a little bit too far, but there's definitely some question marks, and it leaves the cornerback group in particular, which is such a primary focus for the Kansas City Chiefs, a little bit up in the air. I think it will help those guys that did push through uh, a strange schedule in Indianapolis and were able to actually go and compete, complete the full battery of testing give the scouts and the teams enough data to either reassure them about what they had seen on tape and what their film grades were in terms of athleticism or give them some question marks or give them something new to look at. There's always a couple of guys that stand out 
that maybe you had, you know, a fourth, fifth round grade and they test real well. You have to go back and take a look at that. Does the athleticism give them a little bit of a bump? And when you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you're picking at the very end of every round, a little bit of bump makes a big, big difference because you're talking about a guy going from the top of the fourth into the bottom of the third and making himself an option for Kansas City. You're talking about guys making small distinctions that move them from the top of of the lower round into the bottom of the current and gives the Chiefs a chance to kind of change what they want to do. I do expect that there are going to be some opportunities for the Chiefs to take advantage of uh, in either tradebacks or players that fall slightly. But the opposite is going to be true. And quite frankly, if we don't get testing data on the bulk of this corner class, it's going to go back to the film and whatever numbers that they can use. I think that will help a few guys that maybe are struggling a little bit in terms of their public perception. I think the teams will zero in on that. And I think everybody is going to have a very specific take on those who don't have full data points. So with that said, it's been a very long week, a very trying week for those in the NFL. And those of us that cover it as well. So I hope you guys are hanging in there. It is that time where free agency is about to get rolling. CBA is coming this weekend. Free agency starts next week. There's going to be news galore. We will have it all for you. I'll be back. Chris will have the show on Monday. I will be back with Matt Derrick the following day. We will dig into all the updates that we need to know for the Kansas City Chiefs and how they're going to perform uh, this maneuvering in what is a very strange year at this point. We hope to have more. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for listening today, and we'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.